This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. God placed you in this earth at this time because you are part of His plan. Do you understand what I'm saying? So because you're a part of His plan, that means that if you are really going to see success in your life, you got to get with the plan. Am I right? And that's okay. And I'm not saying that you can't go to school and you can't pursue a career and all of those things. But your gifts, your tangible gifts, your spiritual gifts, they all have an assignment there are people that you are called to doesn't mean you can't date doesn't mean in a holy way amen um, doesn't mean that gotta clear it up because everybody definition is a little different but um, the bible says that we are to be holy in all manner of conversation so that means it's not just what I say, but it's also what I do. I am to be holy. And so what do you, what, what do you mean? I, I got to be holy. You know, because I, you know, I heard about them, um, about them holiness people and, and you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't wear makeup and you know you, you're not supposed to wear this and all these rules and regulations what does that have to do with holiness well some of that yes I will submit to you it, I, I will say those are things that man evolved into to have a standard to ensure that there is a separation between us and the world. Because God said that we are to be holy, his people. I believe it's Leviticus 10 and 10. Be ye holy for I am holy. So holiness isn't outside in. But it's inside out. If the inside gets holy, the outside will be holy. Do we agree? Amen. 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 And so, in thinking about that, the message God gave me for today is we're still in the 400 Strong series, and I'm going to do my best. Y'all pray for me. A holy people on assignment. A holy people on assignment. And if you would, if you would join me in the book of Isaiah. And for those of you, because I don't assume, if you're not quite familiar with the Bible yet, Isaiah is over in the Old Testament. That's in the front of the book. Isaiah, the sixth chapter. And when you have it, Say amen. We're going to try it again. And when you have it, say amen. 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 That's a little bit better. And if you don't mind, if you be so kind, can we rest on our feet and honor the word of God as we read it together? 
Amen. Bless him, baby. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah, the sixth chapter. Are we ready? Amen. Let's read it together. We're reading verses 1 through 13. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Yes, Lord. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this have touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert and be healed. Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate and the Lord have removed men far away and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But yet it shall be a tenth and it shall return and shall be eaten as a teal tree and as an oak whose substance is in them when they cast their leaves so the holy seed shall be the substance of the Lord amen amen you may take your seats and thank you thank you for standing and reading God's word with me and so just to set the stage, I'm going to share some things with you about where we are in this passage of scripture. Just a little, little bit of, little bit of a background. And so, um, in verse one, we have Isaiah. He is, he is basically writing out or sharing what he sees. 
And so the scriptures, he's recounting what he sees and it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And so what I need you to kind of make note of, King Uzziah, he became king at the age of 16. So he was a, a young king, and I believe the Bible said he reigned for 52 years. So that put him somewhere, I guess, around 68 before he died. And so he grew up reigning as a king. And during that time, God favored him not only with men because uh, the scripture talks about how he had cunning men to support him but also God favored him and the Bible says that as long as he sought the Lord he made him to prosper as long as he sought the Lord God caused him to be able to do great things. My references talked about the fact of how he was strong in his leadership and, and how he was able to strengthen the country so much so that 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 that, that their their um their economy was strengthened. It was strengthened through cattle and it was strengthened through um agriculture. And God blessed him so much and for so long that he got beside himself. Because, and I read that passage, as long as he sought the Lord, he made him to prosper. But somewhere along the way, Uzziah got caught up and he forgot or lost focus on how he got to where he was or how he achieved the success that he had that he had achieved so so he made a decision and so if you understand the old testament at this point in time jesus is on the scene so the way a lot of countries were set up and this is the kingdom of judah there was like a joint rulership within the kingdom yes you had kings and they had their responsibilities but you had priests and they had their responsibilities each individually having authority and responsibilities to the kingdom, amen? But somewhere along the way, Uzziah got caught up. And he decided, I've done so well, I think I'm going to go in the temple and offer some incense. Out of place, out of order, and in disobedience to God because that was not his assignment. And so the Bible talks about the fact that, that when he went to offer the incense, how, how um, I can't recall the priest's name at the moment, but he tried to stop him. Not just one priest, but the priest in the temple. But Isaiah rose up within himself, basically like, you're not going to tell me I can't offer these incense. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to offer it because I want to offer these incense. And it got to the point there was a, 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 a confrontation. 
And it, it became so intense, God said, okay, I got something for you. Leprosy came upon his forehead. And he walked in that leprous state from that point until the time that he died. Let me tell you something. And, and I'm talking about being on assignment. So one of the things, one of the things you need to understand, and so we're, we're familiar with the word assignment because we, we're, we're, we've either been through school or we are in school now, but at some point we had a teacher or someone in authority that gave us a task, amen? And so... When that task is given to you, they are essentially releasing you with the authority to complete it. Amen? But if that task is not assigned to you, then you are operating out of order. Can we agree with that? And so what we find in the scripture over in um, 2 Chronicles 26 Uzziah moved out of his place of being king, trying to be something he wasn't consecrated to be or to do. That was not his place of authority. So the first thing I want to, 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 to warn you about is that when God assigns you something, and we use this phrase a lot, but it's very simplistic. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. And the reason why I say that is because, like I said, you are part of God's plan. And you do have an assignment. But your assignment is designed based upon how God created you, how he orchestrated your life, how he has things set up. Now, you can make some choices that are not a part of the plan that carry you away in different directions but until you line your life up with God you're not going to find the true fulfillment that you're looking for we can go after stuff and there's nothing wrong y'all listen to me the Bible says money answereth all things it does but money can't bring you not no true joy peace happiness it, it can't do it. It can't deliver you. It may bring you out of a situation, but the completeness that you're looking for, you can only find through your relationship with God. Sometimes we look for it in other people. Oh, if I could just get with him. I know he'd bring this into my life. Or oh, if I can get with her, I know she'll help me to understand and help me to build and help me to, and that is possible. I'm not saying that's not true. But even if that does occur, it's still God working through that situation. It's not the individual. And so we've got to learn to not so much get caught up in people. We need one another. Don't misunderstand me. But don't depend on other people to validate you and to give you all this emotional stuff that you feel like you need. Because at some point, 
even in our best intentions, people will fail you. It can be a parent. It can be your bestie. It doesn't matter. But when you put your trust and your focus and your faith in God, that is when you will truly begin to see who he desires to be in your life. And so we're talking about Isaiah. He saw the Lord. And so I like the fact that he said it that way because I would imagine given the fact that Uzziah has died off the scene and Uzziah was reigning when Isaiah began to um, prophesy or began his ministry, I can imagine Isaiah saw a lot of stuff. He saw a lot of stuff. And so I know he saw a lot of stuff because the scripture details, and no different than us, how many times the children of Israel faltered and went back and forth and back and forth. They commit to God, and then next thing you know, they've gone off chasing after other gods or pursuing other things, but in such a manner that they fell into sinful ways against God's law. And so he had seen all this stuff. But then something happened. Once God moved Uzziah off the scene, Isaiah was able to see. So let me submit this to you. That until you have an encounter with God, there's a whole lot of spiritual stuff you're not going to understand. You're not going to desire. And everything is going to seem like that's a little bit extra. But when you have a real, real encounter with God, because the scripture, we read it, but the scripture talks about the fact that, excuse me, y'all. The scripture talks about the fact that Isaiah was like, woe is me. I am a wretch undone. I, it's like he, when he had that encounter, he recognized who he was. And this is a man of God. This is a man of God. This is a prophet. But he had an encounter that made him come to the realization that I'm not doing this right. And God is not pleased. And I'm not in alignment with what his word says. And so what I submit to you that even as Isaiah had this revelation, God wants you to have a revelation. Thank you, sweetheart. If you've had one, perhaps you need another one. If you haven't had one, you need one. Because you don't understand until you really experience the presence of God. It will shift your whole life. It will shift you. And I'm not saying that everything immediately becomes perfect. But you become more aware of God. You know what? I thought I had it all together. I thought I was doing this thing right. But I now see that I don't even meet up to your standard. 
What I've been doing were, you know, they may have even been good things. But they don't meet your standard. And so, at what point do we get in our walk, get to in our walk with God to where we can lose sight of everything and everybody else and see and hear him? At what point? Because it doesn't just happen. And let me, let me tell you something. It absolutely can happen in a service. But don't limit God. It can happen in your home. It can happen in your car. It's wherever you avail yourself to be open enough to allow God to really reveal himself to you. There was, some, there was a saying that people used to say, and they may still do it occasionally. They talk about, I found God. I found God. I found God when this happened. God ain't never been lost. And I don't mean no disrespect. I understand what you mean, but he's never been lost. What he does is he reveals himself. And so we don't see clearly until we get into the presence of God. And so we don't see clearly until we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We don't hear clearly until we spend time in his presence and in his word because there's enough out here to keep us entertained and to get our attention. There are all kinds of things to entertain us and 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 entertainment is good we need something to do but life ain't all entertainment when you find yourself on social media more than you do in the presence of god that's a problem there's nothing wrong with social media. Don't get me wrong. Things are communicated and shared and, and testimonies and all sorts of things happen. And thank God that we had that vehicle even during the pandemic when we were sheltered in. So I'm not against social media, but anything that consumes your time more than you spending time with God, that's a problem. And because we don't spend enough time with him, even when he tries to tell us something, we shake, we, we doubt, God is at you, and we'll want to go to somebody else to validate that what we heard is correct. Like I believe the Lord said that to me, and we should seek counsel. But the Bible says seek wise counsel. We don't need every kind of counsel because um, if you doing and acting like me, I don't need your counsel. I need, your, I, need, I need counsel from someone that's a step up from me. Not that they're better than me, but I know their commitment level is different than mine. And not that I can't get to where they are, but at least in that moment, like, sis, you know what? Um, 
I, I, I thought I heard the Lord say X, Y, Z, you know, it, 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 are you familiar with that? Or does that sound right to you? Or does that line up with the scripture? And be honest about, you know, I don't know the word that well. I know they say God doesn't speak outside of his word, but I'm not real sure. I know a passage that aligns with this. Can you help me? And so, and so, it's a commitment walk. And so, what God basically did, he shifted. He shifted Isaiah. And so, we don't see anywhere in the passage where Isaiah left from where he was to seek outside of where he was to understand what was going on. He immediately knew. What I am, what I've been doing, that wasn't it. I need, I need to be different. So much so, and this, and this is what amazed me, y'all. It talks about the fact that Isaiah came to a point, he cried out, I'm a man of unclean lips. Unclean lips. And this is a man of God. Should that be named amongst the saints? A people of unclean lips. Meaning the things that are coming forth out of our mouths are not pleasing. And for those of you that, that may wonder about that, jump over with me right quick to James, the third chapter. And you can, you can, um, you can catch up with me. But I'm going to begin reading in verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member. And boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire. Say that with me. The tongue is a fire. I need to watch what I say. And the tongue is a fire. World of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therefore, we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so be. That the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs, 
of vine figs and so, and so can no fountain both yield salt water and, fre and fresh so I read that just to kind of help us understand that I ain't just up here talking but the Bible says that the tongue is an unruly member the Bible says it what has your conversation been What conversations have you engaged in? I want you to think about it. Where can you find a situation where you were cursing somebody, but then you were, oh, glory, hallelujah, God, I thank you. It's easy to do. I don't stand here in judgment. I'm just trying to bring this to the light that we must be holy. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. So we need this revelation. We need this understanding. And this is the thing. Isaiah didn't purge himself, but when he got into the presence of God, one of the heavenly hosts took took a, 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 a coal off of the altar and touched him with it. And what I found so interesting, now these are heavenly hopes, yet they didn't even touch the coal, but the coal touched Isaiah's lips. And I was like, wow. God, you are amazing because there was something about that coal that even the angels couldn't touch it it needed that fire needed to remain pure so when it touched Isaiah even as the scripture says he could be purged and his iniquity can be taken away and so I'm walking this way because it wasn't until all of that had happened that God asked the question. He didn't ask, he didn't ask this question at the beginning when Isaiah uh, 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 saw uh, uh, Isaiah died and transitioned off the scene. He didn't ask him then. He didn't ask him when Isaiah said, I saw the Lord sitting high and lifted up and his, his train filled the temple. He didn't ask him then. He didn't even ask him when he cried and said, woe is me, I am undone. It wasn't until Isaiah had been purified in the presence of God that God asked the question, who shall I send? And who will go for us? Isaiah wasn't ready before then. He wasn't ready. He, I don't know that he even had a thought of fulfilling and walking out his walk before God the way that God intended until he had that encounter. And so, essentially, it was the fire of God that prepared Isaiah for the assignment.
And so you may be sitting there, well, what does this have to do with me? Oh, I'm going to answer that for you. Thank you, Jesus. So I know we have, we have some individuals in here currently that they are going through the ordination process, but this isn't just about ordination. This, this word is for God's people. And so one of the things you need to understand is that, like I told you in the beginning, we're in, we're in the army. And so you may try to um, go AWOL, you may get go AWOL, or you may decide, well, I don't want to serve anymore. But once you're enlisted, you're enlisted. You're enlisted. And, and so God doesn't change his mind because the word that he has placed on your life, he hasn't changed that. And there is an assignment that you must fulfill your marching orders and so the reason why I'm putting it to you this way is because and God spoke this to me directly is that there are some in the midst of us that it's almost like you have a, a romantic relationship with your calling and with your walk you dream about it you visualize it, you plan it, you love talking about it, you might even get caught up, feel the presence of God, talking about, just talking about the call. But let me tell you something, and that's okay. I don't stand in judgment of that, but let me tell you something. The enemy is not threatened by you dreaming about your about you dreaming about your call. He ain't threatened by that. He's not threatened by the fact that you get excited. God has shown me that I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna be this, and these things are gonna happen. He's not threatened by that. Let me tell you what threatens him. When you get serious and align your life with God and decide, I am going to fully commit myself. That's the threat. And so, because you are coming into an awareness of who you are and who God created you to be, and so his, his job is to stop you to do everything that he can. If he tried, if he, if he tried, and he does try, over and over and over and over and over again, that's why all kinds of things, he attacks our bodies with illness, he attacks our finances through situations. And it's not always because we didn't budget right or we didn't handle our finances right. But the enemy has been here a long time and he's very strategic. What can I do to get them to stop? What can I do to get them to turn over to get them to turn around? What can I do? I struck him with cancer, but he's still going. I took away his resources. He was
was homeless for six months, but he's still going. What can I do to get him to stop? But this is the thing. When you align your commitment with God, nothing will make you stop. Thank you, God. Nothing. Nothing. And so don't, 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 don't. Hear me, my brothers and sisters. Yes, it gets hard. Seems like we come out of one thing and bam, there's something else. We ain't even fully came out of the last thing yet. And we yet in another battle or another struggle. But the assignment is still there. And so what we've got to do because the Bible says in this world, Jesus told the disciples, in this world ye shall have much tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. So that's our encouragement. Number one, be of good cheer. So because you're being entangled by the cares of this life, because the enemy is trying to distract you, you ever thought about the fact that perhaps you really were on course? You really were on course, but if I could just give him enough headaches and, and give her enough pain in her body, then, you know, maybe she won't think about that call anymore. She won't talk about it anymore. If I can, if I can bring back residual memories of, of all kinds of trauma, then maybe I can get them to stop from pursuing the call of God. So it's not by happenstance that these things happen. What you need to understand, and right now I'm, I'm, I'm jumping straight for ordination class. What you need to understand, just like your salvation has been challenged in, you need to know that you know that you know that you know that you're saved. So it is with your ministry. Because what the enemy wants you to do, he wants you to doubt God. God, is this what you really said? Because if you said this, then why am I dealing with all this stuff? He wants you to question God. And there's nothing wrong with asking God a question. Question, but then obey him. He wants you to operate in confusion because it's almost like he'll try to set it up like if you hadn't decided, if you hadn't fully committed yourself, none of this stuff would be going on. But do we know that? Because it's the enemy's job to keep us from fulfilling our purpose. He's on assignment. So we have to be on assignment, individually and collectively, but the holiness of God must be our standard. The holiness of God. So when I talked about be ye holy in all manner of conversation, that's an opportunity for you to ask God, God, is there any area in my life that you're displeased with? Open my eyes. 
Give me a revelation. Help me to see because I want to be pleasing in your sight. I want to be meat for your use. Yeah. And so I know this isn't a jump and a shout, but I'm trying to get this to you. God has so much for us. He has so much for us. We've got to be willing to make the sacrifice. To give up anything that separates us from him. Even in the, in the scripture, it talks about Jesus told the disciples how difficult it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And so when that passage is relayed, there it's a story and there's a, there's a conversation that goes on. There's this young man, he, he approaches Jesus and, and he's basically, what do I need to do? to inherit the kingdom. And basically, Jesus laid out the law at that point in time. He said, I kept the law. I've done all of that already. What else do I need to do? And Jesus told him, give up everything. Give up everything. So follow me. Give up what you have. Sell it. Give to the poor and follow me and when you do that you and I'm paraphrasing you shall have great reward or great possession not only in this life but in the world to come but the young man went away sorrowful because he had great possession. He valued what he had more than what he was being given access to. Because Jesus didn't say he had to wait until he got into glory. He said you would receive your abundance in this life. So what are we missing because we won't make the sacrifice in this life? What are we missing? Because Jesus said, nobody, there's nothing you can give up that you won't have more of now and later. Houses, land, whatever. If we are going to be people on assignment, first we have to recognize the fact that I have an assignment. I'm not here by happenstance. God brought me here to be here in 2022 and I'm a part of his plan. I don't care what your circumstances are of how you came to be in this world. You're a part of the plan. Matter of fact, look at the person next to you or somebody close by and say, you're a part of the plan. Tell them again if they looking like they don't believe you. You're a part of the plan. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And so because you're a part of the plan, you have an assignment. But there is a cost. 
there is a cost and there are some things that you're going to have to sacrifice because Jesus told the disciples if any man will follow after me let him take up his cross and follow me we all have a cross to bear and what i mean by that there are things that we all individually need to die to what i need to die to may not look like yours but it's the thing that, that is keeping you from moving into the true fullness of what God has for you. And so, and part of that cause, and let me, ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. There were so many things that God was talking to me about as I was preparing. God said, just because you align yourself and decide to obey me, he says, don't look to be popular and accepted. Because this walk, it may cost you some friends. It may cost you some family. It may. I don't know. I'm not saying that it will, but it may. Because God has you as a part of the plan to be the standard. To be the standard of holiness. And the funny thing, and I always found this amusing, is that unsaved folk can tell saved people what they should or should not be doing. If you was really saved, if you was really Holy Ghost filled, you wouldn't be doing this, you wouldn't be doing that. And so, I, you know, and I'm like, God, what does that come from? Because they're not doing where does that come from thank you Holy Spirit because I, I hear the Lord speaking it comes from the practice of compromise the practice of compromise what do you mean well the first three times they offer you a little something something you say no. Something, something can be anything. I ain't putting no limitation on it. But then that fourth time, well, all right, I guess I'll go ahead. God will forgive me. Compromise. And so, compromise, we don't realize it in the moment because compromise can bring a level of comfort because we don't want to stand out and be different and so I'm going I'm to I'm bring it to me so way way back way way back um, when I was in college I, um, I I'm from South Florida so I used to Hang around, hang out with my home people. And somehow, I seem to frequent a lot of my home people, they smoke weed. Right? And so, it started out, I would just be around them. Never bought it, 
didn't know how to get it, but I was always seemed to be around people that had it. Still don't know what that was about. But anyway, we're going to move on. <laughs> but my point, my point is this. Couple of things. The more I was around that, I mean, I wasn't even familiar with I wasn't familiar with it. I ain't know how to roll. I ain't know how to do none of that stuff. I'd just be there watching them. And then after a while, it became, oh, if you don't hang with us, you can't just, uh-uh, you got to hit it too. What? Wait a minute, we chill. I'm just trying to be here. We hanging. I got to hit it too. You going you got to hit it too. And I may not have hit it the first time they said it or the second time, but eventually I did. And I did it because I value being with them more than my choice not to partake in what they were doing. I value being around them. And it didn't matter what they were doing, but it was more important for me to be around them and to be accepted so I indulge myself. And I'm going to tell you, God's grace. And, and so I'm sharing this because God is bringing me to a place of transparency about my testimony. So I'm not boasting. I thank God for deliverance because when I tell you, I should be strung out somewhere right now. But I thank God I'm standing here to declare his word. Because let me tell you something. I was so high one time. Oh my God. I was so high, y'all. And then this is the thing. I used to just hang out with guys. I wasn't hanging out with girls. I was always with guys getting high, whatever. And I'll never forget this one. We, we were hanging, whatever, talking, laughing, da 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 da. And I don't know what happened with that last hit, but I can remember sitting in a chair, and there was this little man sitting next to me. I'm not kidding. I'm serious. And so I'm, I'm, being, I'm being transparent. And so I'm like, well, where did he come from? Because everybody else in the room, this, it's just us. And so I could see him in my peripheral vision. But every time I went to look at him to say, who are you? He would disappear. Now... I, so we got that going on. Was that my angel or was I hallucinating? I can't even tell you. I'm not going to try to speculate. But one thing I knew, I was in trouble. 
Why was I in trouble? Because I was that much outside of myself in the midst of a bunch of men. Had they known it, now I don't feel like they would have done anything, but you never know, especially when people know that you are vulnerable. But God is a deliverer. God is a deliverer. God is a deliverer. Thank you, Jesus. So, I, 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 I know I come strong and hard sometimes, but it's not because I am perfect. It's because of the imperfection that I have walked through. It's because of the imperfection I've walked through. It's because of that. And then, you know, the, the whole thing about, and I don't know what they, I don't know what they do now. I mean, I done heard different things, Molly and Crank and all this stuff. But I'll never forget a whole different situation. Hitting it again. And then this guy tells me after the fact, well, you know that was laced with crack. So let me tell you something. You under the sound of my voice or listening by Facebook or YouTube. If they offer it to you, don't do it. I don't care how much you trust them because you don't know what's in it. Now, I'm, 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 I'm saying all of that to say, in spite of all those things, I am still on assignment. I am still on assignment. And so, yeah, I, I still know what reefer smell like. I don't buy it or smoke it. I don't even desire it. I just be like, oh, okay. And I just start praying, Lord, heal and deliver. But if we are going to be a holy people on assignment, we have to align ourselves. We have to commit ourselves. And we have to submit ourselves. God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. Or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family, and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you, and join us again.